0: good morning welcome to episode three of the life at lucid coast podcast i am joined here today by chief hacking officer matt landers and today we're going to talk cybersecurity and hacking and everything in matt's world matt how are you doing today i'm doing really well how about you <laughs> fantastic uh, we only have two more feet of snow but paper, yeah. snow. Well, it's, it's all melting <laughs> we can hope yeah but so matt you are our chief hacking officer, you've been in this space for a while. Talk about security, what's on your mind?
1: Okay, so um, uh, I've been in the uh, ethical hacking security researcher role for world for about 20 years. Um, I've worked with companies like AT&T and ING and GM, Netgear, Cloudflare. Facebook, Netflix, etc., and 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 I learn a lot of different things based on how companies do handle their 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 security. What's interesting to me is what people find important or or their their risk. I guess you could say, you know. So what do 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 I have to risk with, with my company or a company that I'm working with? And to me, it seems like a lot of the times it's about. Uh, their customer relationships or their data that they're holding that they don't want out into the public because it has personal identifiable information etc and and so when when I deal with these companies a lot of the times there's a certain things that that they find that are important and aren't important and so it's kind of my job to kind of like assign a risk to different things that I find um, whether it's Low, medium, high, or critical. That's kind of one of the more recent, interesting parts. So, say for instance, I'll find a, a really bad problem with AT and T, and I'll let them know about it, and they'll say, "Well, it really, it's a really, it's not really high risk." So, you know, it, it's fun for me to find these things, but it's not always on on the radar or things that they even really care about. Cybersecurity
0: um, to me feels a little bit kind of like insurance. Like nobody thinks about it until it's a problem and then they care about it a lot.
1: That's true. Yeah. I mean, it it definitely seems like we are more uh, reactive as opposed to proactive in general as as people. We we have laws because something bad happened or, you know, and it's it's a lot the same way with cybersecurity. I feel like there's this mindset that it won't happen to me or that. Nobody is after my data because I'm not important, or something like that. And and really, when it comes down to it, is that no real hacking group is probably going after your data or your computers. But you're you're just another number on the internet that, that was scanned, you know. And 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 if they find that that problem, then all of a sudden you are part part of their botnet, or your 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 computer is being used to further some other hacking agenda. I mean, as far as uh. Lately, you know, with with the change with uh, the coronavirus and everything and how everybody's working from home, there are, there's a big focus on you know say for instance zoom you've heard about problems with zoom's uh software or different vpns i i know a group of people that, that are penetration testers and all they do is they they try to hack vpn software you know and and it's not that they're trying to break into anything they're they're actually trying to find flaws to help them fix their security there's this whole idea where say well i'm using a vpn or i'm using this x client or or this antivirus software and I'm I'm safe because I'm using that and it's just not really true. I mean it is to a certain extent but the idea that you are totally protected because you use this software that software just isn't true anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean having a VPN is maybe like, you know, wearing the seatbelt like it right. will help. Right. But it won't
1: it's not guaranteed to protect you in case of an accident. Right, so and like, and, it won't, and it won't cause the card not, not to crash, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. I think part of the problem is people have this perception that hackers, like the real danger is in the extremes, like ransomware of you know, someone right. holding your information hostage, hostage right. or using location data to like kidnap your kids or something. These are like really extreme cases. Most of the time that won't happen. Right. What are some of the things that are more of like a common threat than maybe people realize?
1: Well, actually, um, ransomware now is actually becoming more of a problem, I would say, because people are working from home and they have access to their their company's servers from home. And anytime that you have that access and if you download the wrong thing on your personal computer at home, all of a sudden they have access too, to that. You know, and um, uh, so the way ransomware works is that they're basically crim- criminals, right? They're, they're, they're not smart hackers or anything like that. They're, they're just people who bought the software on the dark web and they're running it or changed it a little bit. And now it's called a different kind of ransomware. You know, it's it's not it's not really technically savvy people. It's just criminals. You know, <laughs> right? People who know a little bit
0: more than the average person are, are right. using a malicious tool, and people right. don't know how to defend themselves against it.
1: Right. So, so I mean, and, and and some some of the other things that, that people are need to watch out for now is um, basically you know the, the same old the, the the same old problems are still a problem now. You know, not not clicking on bad things, not. Going to to malicious websites or but it, a lot of times nobody knows what that looks like, so they just stumble upon things and they click on things and they're they're just not really aware. And one of the biggest problems again is people. You know, it's it's the the whole human part of it. It's uh, most of the time it's people not feeling empowered enough to know when something's not correct or not not right that they're about to click on, or not feeling knowledgeable enough. You know, and I think a lot of the times. Uh, When when we do say, for instance, a phishing campaign where we're actually trying to send fake, bad emails to people so to see if they click on it in a uh, company, the the whole education part is a huge part of that and it has to be part of that because otherwise you don't learn anything. There there needs to be that education and there needs to be that um, kind of awareness because it isn't one of those things I've I've heard somebody say a long time ago is that, oh, you can do whatever you want on that computer, you can't break it. And I think that they were talking to a child or something, you know, but it's just not a really good way to think about things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you drive as fast as you want, you won't, you won't get in the yeah. accident. Yeah, You know. Yeah.
0: Okay. So what are some of the things that, I mean, obviously there's fear for, from a business perspective, you know, their point of sale could go down, their you know, website could be brought down or used as a ransom, but for the average person at home, realistically, the biggest threat is probably identity theft or credit card details or payment
1: details saved right. online. What can they do to protect themselves? Okay, well, for instance, uh, what what I would suggest is to have some kind of, and, and this goes both ways, it goes both ways just for your personal computers and for, and for business computers, I would say also, is that it's important to have some kind of endpoint management software or some kind of, not just antivirus, but a way to make it so that if you do click on something bad, it won't be as bad, you know, <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and through our, our, our company, we do provide some some endpoint management software dealing specifically with security. There's a lot of endpoint management software out there. It won't be as bad, you know. <laughs> you know, um, and 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 through our, our our company, we do provide some some endpoint management software dealing specifically with security. There's a lot of endpoint management software out there. It won't be as bad, you know. <laughs> you know, um, and 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 through our, our our company, we do provide some some endpoint management software dealing specifically with security. There's a lot of endpoint management software out there that, you know, isn't specifically security related. It's just kind of like an add-on feature, but we, we actually have an endpoint management software that is specifically dealing with security, and that will definitely take out a lot of the problems that people at home would, would have. And then for uh, bigger companies or even small to medium businesses, you know, it's it's important to just at least have an idea of what... what other people on the internet can see as far as you, your company goes and that's kind of where we run into our, our, our penetration testing and stuff like that where it's like you, you you don't know what to secure unless you know what you what you have, right? And there's a lot of places that have just some device in their closet or something that's hooked in somewhere and they have no idea what it does or what it does or why it's there. But they know that if they unplug it, bad things might happen. So they just leave it alone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And that, that's, that's just, just human nature. Yeah, that's fair.
0: In your career doing this, have there been any really Bad cases where security was just kind of uh, you know, ignored, and a nightmare situation came up. Or, you have any
1: stories that you're able to share? I, I, I can share a few things. You know, so for instance, I've got a couple of ransomware stories. You know, but I think a lot of people do at this point. If anybody knows anybody in business in the past, you know, five years, they know somebody that has dealt with ransomware. That is probably the worst headache because all of my com- computer's on some kind of backup or a restore point or something, and and oh, they're not, okay, well, we lost this or that. It, it is really a nightmare. I, I, I feel like going back to, to the, the, uh, the end user at home kind of thing, one of the big things that they have to worry about is loss of availability. Your computer gets so bogged down by malware and all these other bad things, and all of a sudden your computer is super slow. How many times have we heard somebody say that? And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my computer is so slow. I don't know what's going on. It's like, well, let's take a look. You know, <laughs> you know, it, it's very possible that it could be you have a bunch of bad things running on your, on your computer. You know, if you had some kind of endpoint management or some kind of solution on your computer, it probably wouldn't happen, or at least happened as bad. We also have the ability to roll, roll things back to a previous state using that the same with with businesses though it's it's that loss of availability when all your files on your server are encrypted people can't do anything or they they, they they can't you know access the files that they need to work so it's that when it comes down to it it's a loss of availability and that's kind of like one of the main things is that if, if you can't work might as well just send everybody home and, and that's that's a bad thing
0: right especially in this scenario right now where that is the only format for mm-hmm. Figuring this out. And, you know, right now, there, I'm sure there have been cases all across the country of in timing with pandemic of your fiscal workplace being shut down and then having a cyber attack or having your systems hacked at your place of business. There's very
1: little you can do about it unless you, you know, address it quickly. That's true. That's what you want to say. That is uh, some of the main things you know you, you've heard about online is uh you know about some of the data breaches it's becoming more and more of a threat where it's we we use the same passwords over and over again you know and so one site that, that has your login and password on there gets hacked and then all of a sudden all of my accounts are hacked because i use the same password for everything or some kind of variant thereof you know and so yeah it's it, like i think you mentioned it before but um having some kind of password manager is nice for Having it create passwords for you and then having it remember those passwords for you. And, and it is nice that way because then we don't rely on our memories or something like that. Are there any you
0: know, apps
1: or, or things that people do that are unnecessarily putting themselves at risk? Yeah. I mean, uh, pretty much all of the social media type quizzes and all those things like that where you put all your personal information out there that that's becoming more common knowledge that that's not good, but more people need to hear that is to not do all the quizzes and stop putting all your personal information online for people to create a word list from, you know, because that's essentially what that is, is they're, they're, they're creating a word list and gathering information about you so they can figure out what your passwords might be. And it just goes into a big word list and then they, they just roll through it on the different sites that they think you might be on.
0: Yeah, it's funny seeing that pattern re-emerging because yeah, it's true. 2008, 2009, 10, like that's all social media was. It was just like surveys, quizzes, like learn about me and sharing all of your personal details, what your favorite of everything was. And right. then everyone was so surprised in you know, 2010, 11, 12, When sites like Facebook and Twitter and so on rolled out all these, you know, very detailed targeting ad products, like how Uh do they know all this? You told them, you gave it to them. Right. And now it's just an aggregate of cookies Mm -hmm. and, you know, like they can pull data from a lot of different sources, but it's just so much easier when you
1: provide it for them. Oh, it's true. And, and, and it was interesting because uh, I don't think you have access to it now, or maybe people do, but Facebook Graph, I don't know if, if, you, if you've heard of that. It, it was a tool that you could use to search for people and things on Facebook, but then they took it away because people were abusing it. But it was really interesting because you could say people in St. Louis who are 23 and work at this business. You know, and, 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 and then, then it would bring up a list of people and it, it, oh, probably just one person, you know. But, and it was really kind of scary and neat at the same time. But, yeah, from a security perspective,
0: that's a perfect summary of social media. My entire opinion of it is pretty mm-hmm. neat, but it's also scary. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> well, Matt, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you. This was episode three of the Life at Lucid Coast
1: podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day.